Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Amazon might be onto something here. It's a little creepy. But when people are asked, half of us say they have regret not recording a conversation with a loved one who has passed on. And it sounds like the question was more about video or audio recordings and interviews instead of, you know, just a brief voicemail. Uh, we, we wish when we've lost a, a loved one that we had taken some time to record them sharing stories and experiences that they had in their life. And then you can hand that down. Right. Or just hear their voice again. Yeah. yeah. So Amazon uh, may soon be able to uh, imitate dead family members. Whoa. And they're developing a new feature for Alexa that would allow you to speak to the dead. It's simple. Alexa will only need to listen to audio of the deceased talking for one minute, like from a voicemail, and it'd be able to recreate their voice. And they'd be able to say anything, not just, why don't you ever call me anymore? Well, that'll help with your plan of haunting your family after mm-hmm. you're gone. Mm-hmm. Just, you, can, you can set that up and leave that for them. And let Alexa play it randomly. Yeah, I don't need to hear, like, my mom who's passed coming back to tell me how much of a disappointment I still am. <laughs> Can you imagine, though, if you set it up so every time the word, you know, the name Craig was said in your house mm-hmm. after you were, when you weren't there, that your voice would come on? What? <laughs> Leave me alone. Finally got some peace. <laughs> I thought I was going to be alone. Uh, Amazon is touting it as a way to make memories last. So, for example, they suggest that a child could ask Alexa to have Grandma finish reading them The Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's that's a lot of explaining. More so than The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's very weird. (laughs) It's very, very weird. Alexa, can you have Granny read me The Exorcist again? Right. So, the uh, Helter Skelter, I want to hear Granny tell me about the Manson family murders. Yeah, it all seems a little much. I mean, I like the idea of, of uh, video of uh, a family member. You know, if your parents are getting up there in years, that, that's nice. But to all of a sudden just have your pops talking through a speaker at Right, you. yeah. Right. <laughs> Again, telling you you're a disappointment. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's no bedtime story I want to hear. A woman's church group hiked a mountain in an attempt to get closer to God. Right. There were about a dozen women in the group, and they started hiking in the morning. By midday, temperatures were about 106 degrees, and eight of the women started suffering heat-related injuries, including dizziness and fainting. So the whole group had to be rescued off the mountain. I would have left them there. Then they could have met God. (laughs) You want to get closer, you can get right beside them. Unbelievable. Some of them had to be wheeled back down the trail. Two of them had to be brought down by helicopter. Most of them are in the hospital now in stable condition. William Hiker said, God was definitely with us. Right. Well, hopefully he helps you with the bill. He sent us the rescuers. Right. This is always how they twist it. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe God didn't want you on the mountain. That could be. You know, it's funny uh, watching the uh, January 6th stuff and the swearing in and 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 uh, that's all part of it and has always been a part of, of uh, any kind of, uh, certainly court proceeding and, and also this type of stuff when you're giving testimony to anything and you swear to God. And every single one of these people, 
at some point, somewhere in their testimony, brings up God. Mm. And I really do shake my head at times when I see so many people who are in positions of power, so obviously have some brain cells operating, but yet still buy in. I, I know a lot of people do. Buy into the whole God thing. When you just think about I know. it. Listen, you've got a different, uh, obviously, take on it and feel on it and being an atheist. But but um, what's interesting, and then a lot of it, to many of them, you know, the, the Trump angle of it was playing to a base, mm-hmm. right? You know, he's not a, a regular believer or uh, a tender. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we... It's the way that they were raised or their country was. It's the way that they, um, you know, they, they know their constituents are. And so, you know, play along that role um, and, and, and continue it because of that. It's amazing when you see the religious right and the damage they try to cause. And a lot of it is part of this freedom uh, rally happening this weekend in Ottawa. And you say to these people, so you believe, honestly and in your heart, there's a man in the sky, but you won't believe in a scientific vaccine. Like you, you you honestly believe this. Right. And yet well, you won't buy I, into science. No, because science and the church have been at war since, you know, the beginning, right? So, but I guess, I guess I'm not making my point clear in that it's just... You'll buy into some fantasy that show that there's no proof of any of that being real, not a, a smidge, and yet you will have actual data put in front of you that shows something works, but won't buy that. Again, <laughs> scientists were killed and imprisoned for you know battling against that. But do we have you know all, like all the stories like Noah and the Ark? Like, a guy went and had every... What? What's wrong? No, I didn't. Okay. All right, we'll move. We'll move on. Why are you rolling your eyes at me? Oh, I'm, okay. Well, what no, are we no, doing? No, no, it doesn't matter. We're just having a conversation. All right. It's, it's, it's a conversation many people have. Yeah. There are believers and non-believers. You are obviously a believer, and you don't want to have this conversation. Whether I believe or, or, or don't believe that it happened or not, I was raised as a, as a Catholic, and I understand that some people are... are uh, I, you know, I'm not a practicing... My kids go to Catholic school. I don't go to church every Sunday. I I'm not sure whether or not I believe there's a there's a life or existence after or not. Um, but those are questions people have among themselves. Uh, yeah, right? but I think we can have a we have a conversation about yeah, a million no, but you things. You obviously have a very different take on it. You don't believe, and you 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 want to chastise anyone who does. That's fine. I want to ask how. I'm asking how. Why? I don't well, know how. I don't okay. know how people answer it, and how, and and what. What they want to do, why, why I, you know, wear a cross, or why my my grandparents believed it, and I don't know. Okay, we'll never bring it up again. So maybe you've got a, a buddy uh, with one of these names, or maybe you got a friend who's planning on picking one of these names for an upcoming baby. Well, I I would keep this to yourself. Let them go through the whole process of naming the baby, and then drop this nugget on them. All right. So if you got a buddy named Bill, it's similar to the Dutch word for buttocks. Oh, there's a lot of bills out there. Lisa. <laughs> Mind you, there's a lot of asses out there, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just call me William. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Lisa. That's a popular name. But it also sounds like the Greek word for rabies. Oh, okay. If you've got somebody in your life with the name Cal. I don't know a lot of Cal's. Well, there's a lot of Callums these days. Is there? Calvin's. 
It sounds like the Russian word for feces. Oh, that's not good. The name Todd is, the, uh, is also the German word for death, but in German it's just T-O-D. So right. one D, not two. Run into a lot of Todds anymore. Not baby Todds. No. Kiki. It's a crisis in Japanese, but for the people in the Filipinos, it's the word for a lady's part. Uh. <laughs> kiki. That's a kinky kiki. Yeah. The name Mark is Norwegian for worm. Okay. But this is my favorite. In uh, Japanese language, the name Gary is uh, diarrhea. <laughs> 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 I know a I know a guy named Gary. Yeah, and he's a runner. <laughs> oh, I got a terrible case of the Garys. <laughs> Actually, we got a Gary that works in this building. I'm gonna walk by the house. He's probably here right now. I say that after almost every meal. Gary's coming to visit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna walk by. Like, hey, diarrhea. How are you, buddy? <laughs> what? Oh, I can't wait to tell him. <laughs> Um, those people in China, there's always something going on. A team in Beijing built a prototype of a uh, mind-reading device that can tell if you're watching porn. <laughs> it senses you watching porn, and an alarm goes off. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. No, I wasn't, I wasn't. Your house would be constantly oh, going off. like there's a four-alarm blaze. <laughs> They tested it on 15 uh, college students, all men, of course. Right. And it was accurate 80% of the time. (laughs) Now, porn has been illegal in China since 1949, but people still watch it, so the government pays censors called porn appraisers. I want that gig. I'm already an expert. (laughs) Uh, They call these people porn appraisers, and they check sites for illegal content. The device is supposed to be a tool to help them decide if something counts as porn or not. Oh, okay. But it could be used in other ways. (laughs) <laughs> and there's obviously some ethical issues involved here. <laughs> you imagine the guy coming home from his porn appraising job. <laughs> He's tired day. every yeah. day. Oh, I got <laughs> Taking carpal tunnel breaks. There's just no way of hiding that. Too. I, I really, I wasn't thinking of porn. No. <laughs> I really wasn't. I always had this, this weird idea in my head. I guess a little similar, but different. Where uh, if some guy was pleasuring himself and thinking about a woman he knows. Right. At his point of... Release? Release. Catch and release. Uh, she gets like a pea shiver. <laughs> it's like she's just minding her own business. And then one day she goes, oh. And then she realizes some guy was just thinking of me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you uh, see some woman, a hot woman walking down the street? Pea shiver, yeah. pea shiver, pea shiver. Uh, yeah. Kim Kardashian would be having seizures. <laughs> when it comes to menus, almost all of people say they're at least somewhat adventurous and occasionally or often try new menu items. I think they're liars. How many people? How many? Almost all. Almost all. Wow. You know, I listen, every time I go to a restaurant, even if it's a place I've been to a lot, I'll always peruse. And there's so many great options and so much variety. And then I always end up with chicken fingers and fries. <laughs> so many things I could try. And, and I am very guilty of sticking with, with what I know. I mean, I, I think like McDonald's is a great example of all the food items they offer. 
I think I've had the Big Mac. I know I've had the Big Mac, the Quarter Pounder with cheese, and the filet fish And that's it. Right. Like, I don't know that I've ever ordered a chicken sandwich oh, or really? a wrap. Nuggets? No, when the kids were little, but I'd never order them for myself. Um, it is funny, though, because, you know, you go to a lot of pubs. Mm. And you'll see the menu and the amount of variety that's there mm-hmm. makes you wonder, all right, do they really know? Like, can they go from veal parmesan to curry and Not chips really. no. and still nail both cultures on that one? When I'm at a pub, I don't need a Kiwan salad. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, now I will say this. I, it always amazes me when people go to a restaurant like a steakhouse, something very specific. Or like a, a red lobster, and they'll order like a hamburger. Right. You know, I would never go to the keg and have salmon. Right. Uh, I'd never go to an Italian restaurant and and, and order, you know, again, a burger. Uh, I, you're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why wouldn't you have their steak if you're at a steakhouse? Um, the reason people change things up at a restaurant is they say they get bored of ordering the same thing, and they like to be introduced to different cuisines. I'm just always so concerned that, especially if you're dropping some serious dough, that you're going to order something different that you that you don't like. Right. Well, yes, that's that's one thing. And again, think about where you are. Yeah. Right. You know, like, oh, I'm going to try something different. Is this the restaurant to try it in? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, is the change up? You know, if you want to try something different, go to a restaurant that has that cuisine. Right. Uh, or specializes in it. And try it, right? If, if I want to, you know, try some sort of special seafood dish, you know, you're right. Like going, you know, to the local pub, you know, it's probably not mm. the, uh, the the bastion of fresh caught fish and seafood. But, you know, they do make a hell of a chicken wing. Yeah. You know, it's a, the same can be said if you go to an Indian cuisine restaurant or a Thai food place. Don't go in and ask for a sausage and a bun. Right. That's not what they do. (laughs) I remember years ago being at a a Burger King, and this woman comes in, and she wants a veggie burger, which is fine. But she is adamant that it must be cooked on a part of the grill that meat hasn't even touched. Like, she was really being difficult. This was a Karen before we knew there was such things as a Karen. And finally, the manager, he turned to her. I'll never forget it. He said, do you see the sign outside? It's Burger King. (laughs) Not veggie Burger King. Like, don't go into that type of establishment and start demanding stuff. If you're that adamant you want a veggie burger that's never touched a grill with meat, then go to a specific vegan restaurant. Well, a lot of times people are just there to make their point, right? Yeah. That's the world we live in now. I do love uh, chicken fingers and fries, though. You know, it seemed to me always, and there was a point when I would get embarrassed about ordering them because I was like, it seems like a kid's meal. But I don't care. (laughs) Now I don't care. Roll them around in that buffalo sauce oh, and, good. And, uh, and, and bring them on. It's like when you go to a pub again and you're, you're asking, eh, what's, on your, uh, what's on tap? What do you got on tap? And, you know, they got a million varieties. And really, you should try something new. Right. I'll have a Bud Light. <laughs> same old, same old. Does your partner's driving make you nervous? I think, I think it doesn't have to be your partner. I think it can be anybody's driving. We just don't like being passengers. Right. Uh, but most say, yeah. Most of us say they often feel anxious when other people are driving. That also includes just having people in your car with you. So mm. even if you're behind the wheel, people get a little, well, probably they, they get a little nervous that you're judging their driving, probably. Okay, yeah. 
possible. I, I don't know if a dog, I think what, sometimes when I, the kids, if they've got friends in the car and there's just too many of them, or mm-hmm. even the kids are just goofing off in the back seat, I'll be the, be the first one to kind of lean over and be like, hey, shut it down here. <laughs> I'm driving. Drives me nuts. Uh, and it, it seems to be happening more and more. I don't know what's going on with the lovely Maria, but as the years go on, I mean, she just turns into a white knuckle passenger every time we leave the driveway. It's a constant shrieking, ah, ooh, ah, and reaching out for things and pounding on her own brake pedal. And I'm like, we haven't left the driveway yet. <laughs> so, you know, we talked, when we bought this Volkswagen, it was the nicest car we had had in a very long time. And at one point we spoke about, oh, maybe we'll drive out east. Recently, I can't remember where we were going. But she must have panicked five or six times over, like, somebody breaking four cars ahead. Right. I'm like, well, that's it. We're, we're never. I'm no, There's not a chance I'm driving out east with you. You'll get as far as Bowmanville. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll drop her off at the Big Apple. I'll pick you up on my way back. It, 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 and, I, it just, and, I, and I say to her all the time, you know, you're going to cause an accident. Right. Because you're constantly freaking out because you think you see something that I have missed when I've seen the other guy coming. But now you got me hammering on the brake because I think you saw a kid lying in the road that I <laughs> happened not to notice. But yes, I'm not the only one. We all seem to panic when we're driving with somebody else. We, we tend to uh, check to make sure everyone in the car has their seatbelt on. We keep our eyeballs on the speedometer. Well, that's the other thing, too. Like, when we were driving to and from Windsor a lot, a lot of times if I had worked in the morning, I'd be tired, so I'd, I'd pass out in the back or in the passenger seat. And I could just feel her, you know, pounding it across the 401. Mm. He's, she's doing a buck 50. <laughs> I back up out of the driveway too fast and we're going over a cliff. <laughs> Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.